Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. All the people living in Oshawa, Canada, you know, the city on the Lake Ontario shoreline east of Toronto. We talked about it uh, earlier in the week. They had a kangaroo on the loose and they were out searching for it. Well, it has been captured. So (sighs) breathe easy. You're safe. The wild kangaroo on the loose has been captured. The good thing about the capture... (laughs) (laughs) which I found fascinating is that they were told that, Hey, when you catch the kangaroo, grab it by its tail. Oh, uh, okay. Why didn't they do that to begin with? I mean, the original escape, the, the kangaroo jumped over the handlers outside of a trailer and took off. It was supposed to be for the Oshawa zoo, but no, it was on the loose and out free. Now, when they captured the kangaroo, the one police officer grabbed the animal's tail and then the uh, kangaroo punched him in the face. <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be any charges uh, for, uh, you know, assaulting a police officer. I'm guessing probably not, but it is now back with the Oshawa Zoo and it was supposed to be traveling to the zoo in quebec i guess it's still going to go there they're just going to wait a little while to make sure that the kangaroo is safe and sound because it's only been on the on the loose for a few days heaven forbid the kangaroo got a little, little shook up but all is well now in oshawa you can go back to walking the streets the fugitive kangaroo has been apprehended welcome welcome to chewing the fat Okay, I did not know this existed. It's in a, it's called a micronation. It's in Nevada, and uh, it has a population of 38. I, I guess you can come and visit. It welcomes tourists. Uh, according to reports, the dictator, the head of the nation, doesn't uh, allow onions, spinach, and a few other things into the nation. Or you know, if you bring him uh, that, if you bring in that contraband, you could be thrown in jail. But the Republic of Malasia, M O L O S S I A, Malasia. Yeah, that's right. It's what I said. The Republic of Malaysia. Yeah. Uh, It was established in 1977 as the Grand Republic of Goldstein before changing it to its current moniker of Malaysia. Malaysia. Yeah, that's what I said. Malaysia. Okay, I got it. Thank you. Now, sadly, this small nation is not recognized by the UN. It's home to less than 40 people, and most of whom do not live on the 11-acre nation. Does that mean that I could still I could become a citizen of Malaysia, and I don't have to live there? I need to be a citizen of Malaysia. So, according to the president, Kevin Bao, B-A-U-G-H, Uh, He said there are only three humans and three dogs that live on the nation's land located in Dayton, Nevada. His wife, the first lady, and his 20-year-old daughter, who is chief constable, live there. Oh, okay. Now his daughter, another daughter, who was not named, has traveled on behalf of Malasia to interact with other micronations in Canada, Mexico, and Europe. So there are other micronations, that is awesome i want to become 
a citizen of Malasia. So his, his title, the ruler of Malasia, His Excellency President Grand Admiral Colonel Dr. Kevin Mao. He's President and Reyes of Malasia, protector of the nation and guardian of the people. That's awesome. He's got a flag. It's all of it. It's unfortunately, the UN doesn't recognize it as a nation since it sits you know, inside of the United States of America, which is why it would be considered a micro-nation. Now, according to the rules of the nation, uh, citizens and visitors of the land are banned from bringing onions, spinach, catfish, and walruses into the country. Not sure what His Excellency has against walruses, but uh, he said onions aren't allowed because I just don't like onions and I'm a dictator, so I can say stuff like that. (laughs) Uh, If you break the rules, uh, you're going to jail, and that's just the way it is. It also has a picture of His Excellency in front of the post office. I could be the Postmaster General of Malasia. I'm willing to accept that position uh, for, you know, a, a... a minor fee. I mean, I'm not going to do it for free, uh, but maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll swap it out. I'll be I'll be the postmaster general in uh, accordance to all the rules and laws and regulations of Malaysia, and I will just uh, take a citizenship in return. So, according to His Excellency, the entire nation was crafted from scratch, made from an empty desert. He makes him very proud of what he's crafted. And he said that uh, there was nothing here before we moved in. And we declared it an, a, a country. It was just, a, you know, the desert out there. <laughs> he claims that they are working to become an actual sovereign nation. Yeah, I don't know that that's going to happen. But it might. It might. And that would be awesome if it was. And so, uh, you know, it's a micronation. Now, there are other micronations. I've, I've got to talk to this guy. We've got to find out about micronations. Because I always thought it would be a great idea bit. It was just a stupid radio bit idea years ago that you just, uh, you know, you take over an island and then you declare war on the United States and they give you money. And uh, then you live, you know, happily ever after by not actually, you know, go ahead and attacking the United States. I promise you give me a bunch of money. Uh, I won't attack you. And then you get money. And that's what could happen to the micronation too. You get recognized by the United Nations as a nation. And then you declare war on the U.S. And then they give you money not to actually attack. And everybody is happy. It's kind of a good deal. As of right now, though, in uh, any micronation, the cost, well, my any micronation here in the United States of America, the cost of the 12 days of Christmas has gone up. I know. Uh, it's gone up dramatically. There are some things in the 12 days of Christmas that hasn't gone up. Uh, now, the partridge in a pear tree, that's gone up 13.9%. That's going to cost you $319.18. Two turtle doves, that's gone up 25% to $750. Three French hens only went up 3.5% to $330. Four calling birds, that didn't go up at all, uh, $599.96. Five golden rings, 
that, according to this, didn't go up at all. However, we know gold is through the roof now, so I think that would be uh, recalibrated. When they did this story, it cost you uh, $1,245 for the five golden rings. I don't think that's correct now, but we'll go ahead and go with what they say in the story. Six Giza laying uh, went up 8.3%, seven swans of swimming didn't go up anything it's still thirteen thousand one hundred and twenty five dollars same as it was last year eight maids of milking didn't go up at all which is surprising you'd think you'd pay more this year for eight maids of milking anyway fifty eight dollars only fifty eight dollars for eight maids of milking uh i know i was asked on social media if i had any knowledge about eight maids of milking now i'm there's there's a lot of jokes that can go with that uh i'll just let you you know write some of your own uh nine ladies dancing didn't go up at all uh eight thousand three hundred and eight dollars and twelve cents ten lords a leaping only went up four percent fourteen thousand five hundred and thirty nine dollars and twenty cents eleven pipers piping uh, only went up 6.2%, $3,207.38. And 12 drummers drumming only went up 6.2% for $3,468. So the true cost of the Christmas in song uh, went up 2.5% to $201,972.66. I don't care what micronation you're in. And it's going to be more than that because of the gold prices, uh, for sure. Now, if you were just to get the... You know, just to get the one thing, the 112 without, you know, every you're supposed to, you know, every time you do a day, it moves on and increases the price. I think that's only like... $46,729.86 if you were to just do it once, uh, once through. Uh, but you're not supposed to do it once through because you're supposed to repeat the stupid song uh, on and on and on. We used to have a guy that I uh, worked with. Gosh, I can't remember his name. He, at our Christmas parties, his we would sing this stupid song. I know, don't look at me like that. I just, I know that's, you know, we did that as a company I worked for. And we, part of the Christmas party was singing this song. And his role uh, in the song was always singing five golden rings. And that was, you know, that was his bit. So good times. Good, good times. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. You know, we talked the other day about the Grand Theft Auto 6 promo video, their trailer that was released and how it was uh, leaked early on Monday because it was supposed to be released on Tuesday. For those of you listening uh, live, today is the 7th Thursday of uh, 2023, December. And uh, it was leaked early on Monday. Well, what wasn't reported until, you know, after is that uh, Grand Theft said hey uh and this is you know obviously rockstar games not grand theft but their first trailer for grand theft auto 6 it's racked up first of all it's racked up 85 million views in the first 22 hours and so when it was leaked rockstar said hey uh how about it was released on x it already had over a million views so they said uh, hey 
uh, we're gonna. It was leaked, so we're just gonna release it early. They released it early, and they had X take it down, and so that's where they got 85 million views. I don't know if they tacked on that extra million from X or not. Uh, just incredible. So it now broke uh, Mr. Beast's video record for the most YouTube views in 24 hours. Uh, excludes music videos, of course. But I mean, it's a long-awaited. Uh, grand theft auto 6 it's not even going to be out till 2025 just incredible so the last the last game in the franchise uh grand theft auto 5 was released more than 10 years ago in september of 2013 it broke the record for the highest revenue generated by an entertainment product in 24 hours earning 815.7 million dollars on release day uh, from the sale of 11.21 million copies now it's the second best-selling video game of all time behind minecraft and it uh broke went into number two after it went ahead of tetris is still third so you got minecraft uh grand theft auto 5 and tetris are the top three uh, video games of all time pretty incredible and just a reminder that this one isn't going to be available until a 2025 but the trailer looks good and for those of you that have stock in apple good for you apple has now become the world's only three trillion dollar company again after shares climbed two percent to take the company's market cap back up to its summer record-breaking threshold so congratulations to apple now worth and the only company that's worth three trillion dollars i see where new york city is trying to i don't know create trillions of dollars they are now going to be the first uh city in america you know that are going to charge uh just to go to work america you're gonna have to pay 23 dollars a day passenger vehicles will be charged 15 dollars to enter the congestion zone uh trucks between 26 dollars and 36 dollars and the tolls will be charged once a day that's great we're just going to charge people more for driving into the city i don't know it may work against them i know they're trying you know they're hurting saying they're hurting for money and they need ways to pay for the immigrants the illegal immigrants being uh, coming to their cities but i feel like it's going to work against them because uh don't they want people to come into the city and we also find out that they're going to they have these noise cameras that i think some have been installed already and they're going to install more it's of course called a pilot program and it's going to crack down on those noisy drivers you bastards okay we're sick of you we're charging you more money to come into the city but we're also uh we don't want you making any noise okay so we're going to find you up to twenty five hundred dollars for having loud cars or honking too much (laughs) i don't know what uh constitutes honking too much but i guess you know it when you hear it right uh early last year they began yeah they began installing some of these noise cameras already the department of environmental protection commissioner uh said that there's seven cameras located around new york city another nine which cost thirty five thousand dollars each have been purchased and will be installed by the end of the year i've got a couple of cameras they can have for less than thirty-five thousand. i'll tell you that oh those aren't noise cameras jeff they can be uh the noise cameras are much like speeding cameras uh the sound louder than 85 decibels activates the noise camera 
Sounds the range from 85 to 100 decibels are equivalent to a lawnmower, a hairdryer, or a blender. So they're being utilized to find drivers in an effort to reduce noise levels. Drivers could receive tickets between $800 and $2,500. Oh, that's great. Makes you want to go into the city, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. Last month, they're all, they've already given 218 violations to drivers with uh, modified mufflers, 147 drivers who were honking too much, which violated the city's noise orders. It doesn't say what uh, constitutes honking too much, though. That just is, uh, hey, you were, we think you were honking too much. More than 90% of these violations were upheld by administrative hearing officer. Really? You think? So their own administrative hearing officer upheld their fines. Huh. Go figure. And we can all feel safer. Uh, YouTuber Trevor Jacob, uh, 30 now, uh, is going to spend six months in prison. Uh, He pled guilty back in June to one count of destruction and concealment with the intent to obstruct a federal investigation. (laughs) Uh, That was specifically from uh, the press release of the U.S. Attorney's Office of Central District of California. The YouTube pilot and former Olympic snowboarder uh, had his YouTube channel, I don't know, 15 years ago, and he's massed, uh, you know, 140,000 subscribers, and he had sponsors and stuff. Remember when he crashed the plane? Yeah, he took off from uh, the small airport, solo flight, express destination of Mammoth Lake, several cameras have been affixed, and then after takeoff, he, an experienced skydiver who was already wearing a parachute indicated that his engine was out. Uh, he began swearing, opened the door. You can still see the video. It's still up. And uh, then he, uh, you know, jumped out of the plane and the plane just crashed after landing in a dry brush of poisonous oak. He wandered around for hours to locate the plane and uh, he eventually found some ranchers who rescued him. Then he went back uh, and uh, pulled the plane out. (laughs) Uh, He called uh, the NTSB uh, two days after it happened and he agreed to provide the NTSB with coordinates of the downed plane and videos of the crash and to preserve the wreckage so that the NTSB could examine it. But uh, then he and despite saying, yeah, you know, I'll let you guys know. Yeah. Uh, he went back uh, a couple weeks later and uh, they located the plane by helicopter. They used straps and they flew it back to his hangar and they took it apart. <laughs> uh, so they believe that was intent to obstruct federal authorities from investigating the plane crash. Okay. And then he lied saying he didn't know the location of the site. So he, you know, dodged. Uh, he was lying to them all along because the deal was, uh, hello, he wanted to just crash the plane that was what was going to happen get him some youtube clicks um i mean he titled the video i got my pilot's license back but i'm going to prison oh okay uh so he was facing five felony charges each carried a 20-year sentence so i guess he worked out a deal there so now he can uh, you know now he can just do his six months in prison and be done yeah, no kidding. Uh, you know, he, look, they all... Uh, you think that it was in an indication that he was motivated to uh, have the plane crash. It was a bucket list and uh, not to make money. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. You didn't want to make any money. You didn't want to gain online views. You just was... It was a bucket list that I could 
film everything of me, you know, being in the airplane and then jumping out and having the plane crash. That was it, though. <laughs> it wasn't for it wasn't for anything other than just being a bucket list for me. Okay, Jacob, we got you. No problem. They're they're still mad at him. I mean, uh, this conduct cannot be tolerated. All right. Well, good luck, because people are out there looking for clicks every single day. Uh, speaking of clicks, I don't have a plane crash video on my YouTube channel, but you can follow me there, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher on YouTube. Uh, you can follow me on X at JeffyJFR. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. And you can uh, uh, order a cameo from me uh, at JeffyJFR on Cameo. That's not free, but uh, you just go to Cameo at JeffyJFR and ask, uh, tell Cameo, you know, tell them site what you want me to do. Be happy, glad, sad, mad, mean. Uh, wish you happy birthday. Wish you tell somebody that you're breaking up with them. Whatever you need, I'll do. That's the way Cameo works. So at Jeffy JFR on Cameo. And you can always email the show, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. I just uh, sent out a, a post on X. Uh, asking uh, if you want to participate in what's the lie that happens on Friday mornings every week uh, to email chewingthefatattheblaze.com. We have a couple Fridays left before the holidays, so I'd like to get you in. So email me uh, chewingthefatattheblaze.com and you can participate in what's the lie. It is being called America's favorite game show. So I see this story about half asleep bears wandering around Siberia. Guess why? You guessed it. Because it's too hot to hibernate. <laughs> so apparently, according to this story uh, from LiveScience.com, uh, bears that are struggling to hibernate due to abnormally warm weather in Russia's Amur region are wandering around in a daze having suppressed their metabolism in preparation for winter. Bears in Siberia are wandering around half asleep. <laughs> right, okay. The bears are ready to hibernate, having accumulated the fat reserves needed to sleep through the winter, but warm temperatures in November have kept them up past their bedtime. Oh no. In some areas, half asleep bears will walk around the dens. <laughs> They've been spotted just trapezing around in a daze a month past the time they usually enter hibernation. Oh, really? Okay. So when do they normally go into hibernation? Well, they usually, you know, we know they spend winters asleep in their dens and they emerge in the spring when food becomes available. But uh, bears decide for themselves when to begin their long seasonal sleep based on a number of cues, including food supply, temperature, which researches linked the warmer weather and shorter winters to a reduction in time bears spend hibernating, uh, with bears leaving their dens three and a half days early. Oh, no. Oh, no. We can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> the sleepless bears were mainly males, which means they were all males. Uh, females and cubs took to their dens uh, strictly on schedule, like when they felt like it, when it was time, because they were full and went around. Okay. 
So, yeah, right there, you know where the Amur region is that shares the border with China and the, and the Far East there. And they've experienced abnormally high and record-breaking temperatures in October and November. And this could be delaying the bear's hibernation. I mean, maybe they ate some, uh, you know, some new berries that got them all buzzed and they're just wandering around groggy. But according uh, to uh, Oyevin de Toyon, a zoo physiologist and research assistant professor at the Institute of Arctic Biology at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, that's a good gig. A zoo physiologist and research assistant professor at the Institute of Arctic Biology at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, she told Live Science in an, am- in an email, uh, temperatures above freezing in wet, snowy conditions could cause meltwater to enter dens. And that could make it uncomfortable for the bears. So soggy dens could be to blame. (laughs) So I guess the soggy dens don't affect the mother and the cubs. All right. All right. Fine. Whatever you got. So just know that it's climate change uh, is affecting uh, bears. And they're wandering around just dazed. (laughs) so then i see a story that talks about how nesting penguins occur large quantities of quantities of sleep through seconds long micro sleeps couldn't these bears that are wandering around in a daze just be micro sleeping so micro sleeps the seconds long interruptions of wakefulness by eye closure and sleep related brain activity obviously are dangerous when driving and might be too short to provide a restorative functions of sleep. Uh, duh. But if microsleeps do fulfill sleep functions, then animals faced with continuous need for vigilance might resort to the sleep strategy. Well, yeah, they, they claim that's what they were doing. These penguins nodded off more than 10,000 times a day for only around four seconds at a time. And they still managed to accumulate close to 11 hours of sleep. And their breeding success suggests that the strategy allows them to keep and to get the sleep that they need. Because they've got to protect the babies or the soon-to-be babies. So they've got to be vigilant. And so they just do these micro-sleeps. It's awesome. Couldn't the half-asleep wandering around bears be micro-sleeping? No? That's not possible? Okay. All right. Never mind. So uh, they apparently these penguins engage in bouts of bihemispheric and unihemispheric slow wave sleep, lasting an average only four seconds. Uh, but of course, like I said, it results in the accumulation of 11 hours of sleep for each hemisphere. And so the micro sleeps by successfully breeding penguins suggest that the benefits of sleep can occur incrementally. So it works. Duh. And uh, I would have to say that uh, these bears wandering around in the days are really micro-sleeping as well. Now, I am not a zoo physiologist and research assistant professor anywhere, whether it be at the Institute of Arctic Biology at the University of Alaska Fairbanks or right here in Fort Worth, Texas. Sorry, I am not that. But I just have my own theories. 
For instance, uh, I did see the coming of uh, them pushing bugs down our throats, almost literally, uh, years ago, on how they would uh, continually push them every six or seven months, and now it's never-ending information on how good bugs are for us and that we need to start eating bugs. And beef is bad, and we're raising the price. And we've got COP28 telling us that uh, we're going to be living in caves soon, and that's what they want. Now, I see a news story that talks about how we're going to have bugs on Mars. So you're not going to be able to go anywhere without eating bugs. Okay, it doesn't matter. You don't think I want to go to Mars, get away from all this stuff on Earth? Yeah, tough. Uh, you're going to eat bugs there too. Now, they're thinking about using bugs because the larvae could eat the astronauts' food waste and produce frass to fertilize the bad alien soil and then produce food plants. So then the larvae themselves could be ground into protein source, which astronauts or animals that they might bring along could consume. So it's just going to be a never-ending cycle of the circle of life. Bugs to poop to fertilizer to growing foods and having more bugs and then eating more bugs. Yay! (laughs) Man, does that make me want to go to Mars. It sure does. You know, another thing that makes me want to go uh, into space, though, and I don't remember this actually being a thing, but it is, and NASA has given away a lot of money to a company by the name of Icon. And it's been working with NASA for a couple of years now. Well, almost, I mean, because three, it says 2020. It received $57 million of funding to build space-based construction systems in 2022. And that's what they've been working on. So what ICON wants to do is have 3D printed structures on the moon. I I don't remember talking about 3D printed uh, structures on the moon, but this is what we're hoping for. So the space agency's uh, timeline of 2040 for lunar structures was achievable if it continued to hit its benchmark. So they gave all this. We're working on it now. And by 2040, we're going to know whether we can have 3D printed houses on the moon to be occupied by astronauts and or civilians. And, you know, they want to use the moon as a launching point to Mars and beyond. So they were going to need a place for everyone to stay. Right. Uh, I just don't remember them uh, talking about uh, building 3D printed homes. So this icon is based in Austin, Texas. It's a construction company. And it's created hundreds of structures using a method for the homeless in Austin, as well as hurricane-resistant houses in Mexico. The printer can build homes in as little as 48 hours. So these 3D-printed homes on the moon, and later, I guess they're, you know, oh, let's take them to Mars, uh, were, were obviously much more challenging than on Earth. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, hopefully we'll make that happen and uh, we'll have 3D printed homes on the moon. Huh? Yeah, I know. How much do you want to live on the moon now? And I can guarantee you that you're going to be eating bugs on the moon or any other planet you go to, which is a little disappointing. So who died today? 
who died today? Dennis Brown. Oh, he didn't die today, though. Uh, he died back in October. And I don't remember if we talked about the death of Dennis Brown, so we're going to put him in who died today, darn it. Uh, Dennis Brown of Fleming Island, Florida, uh, drank three charged lemonades from the local Panera on October 9th and then suffered a fatal cardiac arrest on his way home. Brown, 46, had an unspecified chromosome deficiency disorder, a developmental delay, and with mild intellectual disability. Okay. Uh, he lived independently, frequently stopping at Panera after his shifts at the supermarket. Because he had high blood pressure, he did not consume energy drinks. So the lawsuit was filed on behalf of Brown's mother, sister, and brother less than two months after Panera was hit with a separate lawsuit. I do remember talking about this one. Sarah Katz, the Ivy League student with a heart condition who died in September after she drank a charged lemonade. Uh, NBC News, of course, called the beverage a dangerous energy drink and argued that Panera failed to appropriately warn consumers about its ingredients, which include the stimulant a guarana extract. I love guarana extract. <laughs> so Panera uh, has advertised its charged lemonade as plant-based and clean with as much caffeine as our dark roast coffee at 390 milligrams of caffeine. A large 30 fluid ounce charged lemonade has more caffeine in total than any size of Panera's dark roast coffee. The large cup contains more than uh, the caffeine content of standard cans of Red Bull and Monster Energy drinks combined, plus the equivalent of nearly 30 teaspoons of sugar. Man, that sounds like a good drink. It <laughs> uh, sounds like a really good drink. So then we have, uh, you know, Dennis Brown, who is uh, has a mild intellectual disability. Uh, okay, so we might not be 100% on top of it. Uh, maybe he shouldn't have been drinking that, but hey, what do I know? So anyway, uh, rest in peace, uh, Dennis Brown, and good luck to the families. I want everybody to get what they want. And Panera Bread, uh, it isn't Panera Bread anymore, it's just Panera, okay? Uh, good luck. Good luck with your charged lemonade. It does sound like a really good drink. Maybe we just start drinking wasabi. I see where a Japanese study found that the spicy green condiment, and I am not necessarily a real fan of wasabi, but I know you know a number of people uh, around me are. Uh, there's a new study out of Japan uh, that says it might improve memory. Researchers found that the group of people aged 60 plus who got wasabi extract at bedtime, oh man, nothing I want more than wasabi extract at bedtime, had significant boosts in short and long-term memory. Maybe I do. Uh, that's when compared to people in the same age group who received a placebo. Researchers believe wasabi's main active component, 6-MSITC, how long? How long have I been uh, saying, you know what, people need 6-MSITC? I mean... Uh, forever, uh, which reduces inflammation in the area responsible for memory function. Okay, so maybe we all do need a little wasabi extract at bedtime to uh, boost our short and long-term memory. We'll see. Uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty more studies coming out about that. Uh, that's an idea of bedtime. I see where... <laughs> yeah, speaking of bedtime, I see where a recent study found that melatonin for American children under the age of 14 
is common. So if you're a parent with kids uh, under age 14, what are you just filling them up with cups of melatonin at night so they go to sleep? So according to this new study, uh, about one in five children are given melatonin. That's the hormone produced in the brain that controls a person's sleep cycle. Eh, thank you. So that's what these parents are doing. They're just here. Have a cup of this. So the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, and I'm a fan of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, issued a health advisory to parents against giving the supplement to children and encouraged them to seek out a doctor before doing so. So if you're a parent and you're giving your under the age of 14 kids cups of melatonin, uh, either seek uh, you know assistance from your doctor or don't say anything to anybody. <laughs> does your does your 10 year old sleep all night you bet and on the weekends all weekend long it only takes about eight cups of melatonin on friday night and i'm good till monday i don't recommend that it's just a joke just a joke might work though and if you haven't put up your Christmas decorations yet, just know that every year around 18,400 people visit emergency rooms because of accidents with Christmas decorations. Now, the peak day for these mishaps is usually Thanksgiving weekend where they, uh, you know, they say an annual average of 660 people seek medical attention for their injuries. That doesn't seem like a lot of people, but okay, that's their peak day, no problem. Uh, and then, of course, the visits uh, related to Christmas decorations continue through the, the end of uh, the year, at least until Christmas. And then they increase again uh, after New Year's when people are taking the Christmas decorations down. So according to the U.S., product safety commission i'm sorry the u.s consumer product safety commission i love that young children typically visit the emergency room more frequently than any other age group however if christmas decoration injuries follow the usual pattern of product related accidents you would expect uh, 500 fewer accidents to involve young children okay well fine that's fine so we're talking about uh, middle-aged adults uh annually around 5300 people between the ages of 40 and 60 visit the ER for christmas decoration related injuries 50% more than would be expected teenagers and young adults are typically prone to injury and in ER visits experience oh they're just saying if you're young you you get more ER visits but they have fewer christmas decoration related yeah cuz the, the old folks are doing it the kids don't give a crap about the christmas decorations and if they do you'll be careful you be careful. Don't put that Christmas light up your butt. <laughs> uh, I mean, toddlers, of course, uh, you know, they're going to put stuff, uh, they're going to ingest, chew the decorations, whatever. You can't have that. You got to keep an eye on the uh, the toddlers. Uh, in the case, toddlers are prone to injuries from stocking holders. Yeah, uh, they pull them down from the, uh, from the mantle. And those stocking holders are like, big hunks of metal bopping them in the head yeah no kidding and so adults on the other hand are prone to injuries associated with the act of decorating rather than injuries from the decorations themselves uh adults uh incidents mentioned slipping or falling especially from atop a high object uh, you mean like a ladder or a roof yeah yeah so if you're gonna put your christmas decorations up uh be careful okay be careful don't swallow or chew or 
stick the decorations in any orifice and uh, for sure if you're going to be climbing up on uh, uh, a high object like a ladder or a roof be careful okay all right good Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.